Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. sure that uh um as long as we're doing what we have to do as a people i'm here taking it day by day okay i'll turn it over to brother priest <laughs> what were you discussing brother i was just opening up just kind of just discussing like what we've been talking about in terms of our character development you know and how we can see some of the things from the scriptures and how it relates to modern day times just kind of just provide some overview and feedback. Okay, great. Um, I wanted to continue with Hebrew history. And um, our history is conducive and is important to our conduct. Matter of fact, history determines your present conduct. What do you think about that, brother, how history determines your present conduct? Well, it is very true because, um, like they say, um, when you can look at history, you can determine the future. And so it's a trend of how you can predict, like, what will happen in the future if you understand what happened in history. So, for example, um, if you under if you interact with someone um and you see how they treat people in a positive way you know and then you can kind of see how that behavior can continue to um you know continue but it also history also gives you a baseline of how you know certain behavioral traits that happen in history how they can continue to go on and then there's a pattern with that and so when you follow the pattern, you will always see that there's truth involved with that because patterns, you know, kind of reveal those different type of things. And so, um, for example, like when you look at, uh, you know, the law and like commercial activities, you know, and you look at it from a historical context, you can understand why in the present, why um, some of the things are the way they are because it has been continually repeated over over time. And so from a behavioral standpoint, when we look at history, um, you can see the behaviors that lead up to why a particular society, a particular body of people, a particular nation or government conducts the, themselves the way they do. And so that will always give you that trend analysis of how 
you can always pinpoint what would happen in the future because of the behavior that you've seen repeatedly displayed over time. Very well put, brother. Very well put. Are there any other brothers on the line? Oh, I, I can't see it was on the line. Are the, are the brothers? Shalom, brother. Hey. Can you be heard? Shalom. Yes, sir. So, brother, How are you? what are you? I'm actually okay, sir. Um, you know, I'm okay. Yeah, my voice is cleared cleared up today. Maybe maybe because I've been using my voice a little more. Um, like if you listen to me, I, I make the joke all the time. But as true as true can be, I do not really talk that much in my personal life. So I don't really um, use my voice a lot, and um, at least not in my private life. But uh, what are your thoughts, though, sir? Um, pretty interesting question. I was listening to the DK, and um, well, first and foremost, I was thinking. Um, the first thing that came to mind was um, somewhere in scripture where it talks about how every uh, every seed bears its fruit. And when I look at the way that the scriptures are set up, um, I remember when I first was introduced to the nation, um, I remember hearing about how the book is the, uh, I guess you could say, the history of the world before we had world history, kind of, sort of. I'm paraphrasing. And um looking at all of the actions that have been um acted and deeded in the book further carrying on throughout what we know as world history today uh there are patterns um there are patterns that we can pretty much see uh in every walk of life stemming from a particular source stemming from certain different bloodlines, and stemming from certain different behaviors. And the more I, uh, the more I personally uh, begin to engage in the book, um, I can see how truthful everything that has been said about the book regarding uh, what we've been discussing here has been pretty much been laid out. Um, when I see all of the different characters, or no, I'm sorry, when I see all of the different um, people in the book, even though they they were a part of a uh, a certain type of society, I realize even in personality and actions, they're no different than the you know common class of people. We all come from a certain, we all come from a, a single source. Um, when we read the book, we're thinking that these people, we can't relate to these people because we don't know where these people are. We don't know where their bones are. Archaeology has not so-called, uh, so-called quote-unquote, discovered these people. But what should be made clear is that the actions, the personality, the characteristics, the habits, the mannerism, all these things are preserved and every walk of life 
and you have to ask yourself, like, how, like, why, like, how, you know, what is it that we're doing now that we, you know, what is it that we're doing, and, you know, why are we doing it? And if you just go back into history, you'll, you'll see why you're doing what it is that you're doing. I mean, you have, may have to talk to your grandparents, I mean, because obviously they came before you, but at the start of the conversation that I, you know, just brought forth, every seed brings forth a fruit. And we have to question why we end up in certain situations, particularly for the quote-unquote black man and black woman in America regarding our certain situations. We have to figure out why exactly are we in the situation uh, where one can even so much call it hell. Why are we feeling something called hell? How did we get here? And if you go back through history, which most of the predecessors go back to the book that we call the scriptures today, you'll see that we have the very same nature of these people that we're calling, you know, David and Jacob and Israel and Isaac and Ishmael and so on and so forth. We may not have done what they have done in chronological order, but we have their mannerisms, we have their ways, we have their uh, their personality. So, I mean, people here and there. Um, I'm a firm believer in everybody being here to do what it is that they're here to do. So someone may have a personality that another person wouldn't. Again, because everybody can't do everything. But if you look at the literature, if you look at the things that have been put on record before you, because they're only here to help you understand your predecessors. All history is here put forth on this earth for us to understand our predecessors, what they did right and what they did wrong. And a whole and I'm beginning to understand that it appears that the reason why we're here those who come behind your predecessors, is to right the wrongs that have been made by our predecessors. Some fail, some succeed. But all of that is pretty uh, much contingent on how the next generation has been uh, edified, how they've been educated about their predecessors, about who they are, about what they do, about what they contribute to society, so on and so forth. History does predetermine your nature because your his, the history contains the history of your predecessors and everything that they do. Those predecessors bearing their seed, they're bearing their children, and those children are going to pick up right where those parents left off. Left off I'm sorry, left off. And it will behoove us to study our predecessors because there's going to lie the answer to any problems that we may necessarily have about what it is that we need to be doing, and in particular African Americans in this country or uh, the so-called North American Negro. It will behoove us to study our predecessors, uh, find the trail, find where they were before we got here. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of this organization, this nation, who has laid down a foundation uh, that has pretty much helped me to understand uh, in some way, shape, or form why I'm here, why most of the brothers are here, and even the ones that are not in the organization. Why are the people on this earth? Why are we here? What is it that we need to be doing? 
Comment on that, no brother, I you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That was beautifully put. Uh, um, you know, we've been talking about history, continuing on more Hebrew history the last few months. And we talked about the last couple of weeks, um, what took place during the rule of Rehoboam, the son of, of Solomon. <clears throat> And one of the things that took place that is slightly um, noticeable is that Rehoboam was a mama's boy. He didn't take enough from his father, and he was the only uh, he was the only born son according to the scriptures that uh, is pointed out. He was the only son of Solomon which made him the only one eligible in line for the, the throne. Now you can clearly once you can understand that you got to really remember this. Well this is going to be something that is not commonly talked about but we got to we got to get this. Our people in the scriptures during the time that we had kingdoms, we ruled from government positions, and we ruled the earth. We ruled through government law and commerce, through the laws, statutes, and commandments, behaviors, and conducts that we are taught in scripture. Now, while they were reading, well, while they were living it, they weren't reading it. They had to be taught this, how to conduct themselves in their daily life. So you don't actually, I don't know if we ever really think about this, but we don't actually know every single word that Moses or David or Solomon or even Yeshua, the true Jesus, used during their lifetime. We don't know every single word. Understand that. We only know certain words that were recorded. Okay? Only certain words that were recorded. But they had to understand the government law and commerce, how to erect government, and why do we say this, I'm saying this is not taught amongst us as Hebrews. It's something that is direly missing. It's, it's, it's a dire shame that it's not there. And as we look at these behavior patterns, um, the children, basically Rehoboam, going to consult with his peers and shunning his elders. That same behavior is found in us today. Well, now, the thing that we don't have is, in our people today, is when there was oppression from one of our own, our solution was to go and govern ourselves. 
So 11 of the tribes picked up and left. Or they separated from King Rehoboam. They established a separate kingdom in the upper kingdom of Israel, which left Judah to be the lower kingdom. They were competent enough to know that they had to appoint a leader. Now listen to me. You hear things about conduct and history, but you, are, you don't hear this except for the Almighty has blessed this nation with this comprehension. That these people were competent in government, law, and commerce. How else could they pick up, go build a, first appoint a leader, and then, which was Jeroboam, and then Jeroboam, excuse me if I'm saying his name, you know, improperly, but then they were competent enough to pick up and do this, appoint a leader, and they knew that they had to have a quorum, as we talked about last week, a certain amount of people present in order to cast their vote or their ballot or, their, or let their voice be heard. So that's important. So part of the behavior uh, and, and the solution, again, was in self-government. The solution was in government law and commerce. Now, when we say this, you think about what you hear. You mostly hear religious this and that. You don't hear about the knowledge base. DK, what are your thoughts? Yes, sir. Um, that is one of the things where, you know, you know, when it comes to the scriptures, and and and, and fortunately, what, what we've been able to learn and gather is that the language of law is the language of scriptures, and the language of scriptures is the language of law. So that component of being able to uh, relate what was going on in the scriptures to a government law and commerce context allows us to see how what we're dealing with in the present day reality has already been established 2,000 plus years ago. And it goes back to what we opened up with as far as um, uh, how you can determine behavior throughout the course of history. So when you look at global politics today, you see the foundational elements that are already presented in the scriptures. And so, you know, the whole electoral uh, process of being able to elect a leader, there had to be people casting a ballot, there had to be people counting, um, you know, the votes of the people to be able to administer, uh, you know, um, uh, to administer I can't get the word out, uh, basically to elect the leader that the people would basically, you know, uh, you know, I guess follow, so to speak. So you had those examples being represented throughout the scriptures. And so when you look at today, you see that it's essentially no different. And so when we are looking at the scriptures from just purely a religious standpoint, and, and the other thing that's interesting is um, it goes back to that whole aspect of the vantage point. And so because of 
where the Roman Catholic Church sits today globally in terms of religion, so to speak, because they're the, you can say, the one that is promoting a narrative of the scriptures that may not necessarily be truth in nature. So they're taking concepts out of the scriptures that are, are in fact, true, but are twisting it in terms of the applicability in terms of how, in reality, is how it's supposed to be carried out. That's because of the fact that the understanding of the culture, the foundational elements of the culture of the Hebrew faith being a platform of theocratic government is not present, obviously. And so what, what happens when a body of people that doesn't understand the culture, um, they make mischief with it. No different than what people may say in relation to hip-hop music today where it was started by, you know, Negroes and Latinos but, and Native Americans, but when it became to the level that it is now, who really is controlling the distribution? Who's controlling the media outlet? Who's controlling all those different things? They don't look like you and I mostly. And so it's no different when it comes to the scriptures as far as the narrative that's being, put, that's being carried out. And if we've been socialized, from that particular vantage point, then that's going to cause a lot of the confusion as to why we can't make the connection of why it doesn't connect to government law and commerce. Because when you go into a courtroom, the first thing that's going to happen is you have to swear on the scriptures and take an oath. Because that means that you're basically under oath that whatever you say or or, or whatever you're presenting to the court has to be truth and factual. So that means you're, you're swearing that you're not going to lie or, or your testimony or your quote-unquote testament is not going to be filled with lies, so to speak. So that ought to tell us that the scriptures already had that foundational element of government law and commerce in place that to administer court proceedings that whatever you say or do has to be rooted in truth. So that would mean that the scriptures are, in fact, rooted in truth, that all of the things that are contained in the scriptures are, in fact, rooted in truth. No different when um, in this, you know, in the United States of America, back in 1982, uh, they have professed that this would be the year of the Lord, and they referenced that the scriptures was the foundational element of how this quote-unquote country was uh, founded upon. A government was founded upon. So it's no different. But the idea is making sure that we understand the foundation of why the scriptures are the way they are. It's operating from a government law and commerce perspective. And yes, there is the spiritual component that we can't forget. But in reality, how we preserve the civility of the people is rooted in those concepts of what government law and commerce is and how it's applicable to our own daily affairs as we continue to walk our daily lives. And I yield, brother. Thank you, sir. Brother Shedrick, what are your thoughts? Oh, wow. Um, so that, that's interesting. I, I never really looked at the story of real boom that way. I guess because I was still trying to figure out how uh, everything was set up, but I definitely agree that the bulk of uh, the, and I guess this is evident in pretty much uh, every 
everywhere there's a government, so to speak. Um, and I and I even bring this up when I talk about like the whole uh, the founding of Liberia, which I thought was a pretty interesting story. But nonetheless, um, in order for anybody to establish uh, any form of government, whether it be autocracy or plutocracy or technocracy. Uh, a democracy or monarchy, whatever, you have to be comprehend. Uh, you have to comprehend the uh, the groundwork of government. You have to understand the uh, governmental principles that you know, or uh, what it takes to uh, civilize a people. Because technically, that's what you're doing when you're governing civilized first or a uh, group of people. Um, the fact that we're in this day and age where, uh, and, I, and I spoke about this, well, I was hinting at this when I was speaking about the fact that the reason why the so-called black man and black woman have not necessarily been able to understand what is actually, actually going on is because they haven't necessarily studied their predecessors, uh, or they have not necessarily looked at what, oh, sorry, I was talking the whole time without the uh, thing in my ear. Um, they have not necessarily been able to, or have not put forth the effort to uh, deeply study their predecessors and understand what they were all about. When anybody looks at the scriptures, they'll say, "Oh, well, I see all of these metaphors, and nothing in the, you know, scriptures makes sense because um, uh, Jesus walked on water and this, that, and the other." And and I'm thinking to myself, like. I'm thinking to myself, well, can y'all hear me now? Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, when, you know, anyone is looking at these scriptures, they're looking at it as if it's just a book or it's a book that tells a story, which it does tell a story. But if you don't know what to exactly look for, if you don't even know what these people are about, and that is the part that everyone seems to miss. What are these people about? What were they doing? And if that was what they were doing, how did they get to that point? And I, and I came to realize that there was a gradual process involved that these people had to study and they had to be sure about what it is that they were studying and what they eventually had to do. And and they were so sure about it so much that you can see the progression of what it is that they were studying because they were able to build the king. They were able to build a government, a commonwealth, turn it into a republic, a country, and then eventually uh, bring people in uh, via commerce and build a kingdom. You can see this stuff gradually happening. So you ask yourself, what is going on with these people? Now, in 2019, you ask, why is this happening to us? Why can't we not do something like that? Or why are we not inspired enough to do something like that? And again, this goes back to the initial statement that history controls the character, or history builds the character, or determines the character. We have it in us to do so. But again, we don't study our predecessors. We don't study what they're about. When you look at the story of Rehoboam, you you notice, as Minister Priest stated, that the 
young man was pretty much haughty, very proud, and so much that he took the advice of people who were not aware of protocol, who was not aware of the wishes of Solomon, who was not aware of their priests and the order and all of these other different things, and made the young man Rehoboam um, go against his better judgment because his initial judgment was to go to his peers and ask them for counsel. And he was so caught up in trying to be uh, uh, show his power and, and not realizing that his power actually came through execution of great counsel. Good advice is going to bring you, is going to make power that much more effective. But instead, he was solicited by his, uh, uh, by low-minded peers, and it caused him to err in terms of dealing well with the people. Everybody knows if you're running a business, you want to make sure that you take care of your employees because that is how you're going to be able to run a business. And that's how you're going to make a business run by itself. However, that's not what happened with uh, Rehoboam. And for that cause, he was, you know, he had, I guess you can say, he went through some hardships. And he, hold on, in a couple of minutes, I'm coming. And uh, he actually went through some hardships and found himself in a situation where his, he was going to have the kingdom taken away from him. Not so much as you know up front, but through a predecessor, uh, through a successor of another person by the name of Jeroboam, who was raised up as an enemy against him, which was predestined, uh, by the way. If anyone goes and look in uh, in the further book of Kings, I think that's what you will find it. But nonetheless, this this is how you prevent going. Uh, back into a situation where you lose everything that you have by studying your predecessor and hold predecessors and holding on to great counsel. Seek the advice of the people who laid the foundation for governmental principles, and you won't go wrong. And that is that is basically uh, going to help you predetermine how to move in terms of government is concerned. I say now, if you look at our people now, if that is something that we engage in, we'll see results. As you can see, the knowledge about the Israelites is out there now. People are aware that this is happening. But what's also happening is that the people are still dead because they're not understanding what these people have done, good and bad. They're looking at just the title. But everybody knows that with title comes great responsibility. And if you're not aware of how to complete the obligation, you're just going to be walking around just like real bone. He was wearing a title, but he wasn't strong enough to deliver because he did not stick to his first mind. And that was guided by the principle that was laid out for him by his father Solomon. And then on that note, I yield. Wonderfully put, brother. Very well put. And another thing, Brother E.K. mentioned the word theocratic government. He mentioned theocratic government. Another thing is, for those who may not know, this is a government for, of, and by the Most High Almighty. 
under the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High Almighty. This is applicable applicable to today's world. It will forever be applicable. When you actually enforce the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High Almighty, not for play, not for your private, just for your private life, but actually enforce them, you will see changes not only happening in your life like you've never seen, but you'll see changes happening to your society. Now, I've been teaching this officially since 2011 publicly via Internet. And I've been trying to impress this upon as many as as possible. So there is a there is a lot of influence that this nation has had that you all are seeing bits and pieces, but because the masses out there that you are seeing as the face of the Hebrews, they're not they don't speak for the entire Hebrew people. The Israelites that are of the Hebrew faith, no, they don't. Um, but, and I'm not saying that's, that's good or bad, but because that's all the people know, they don't know that the fundamentals of the Hebrew faith is government. It is government. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. This is what we teach. Not just this and that and points in history and, you know, talk. you can talk a good game. You have to actually be reshaped in your thinking, how you view life. Not substituting what you how you view life now for more religious idolatries more people telling you who to hate and how to pray and you don't even know who you're praying to you think you do you think you're praying to some man in the clouds but it's really about taking the law statutes and commandments in the scriptures applying them in your real daily life in all of your contracting and all of your decision-making and all of your behavioral patterns. You have to align your behavior and your thinking with the law, statutes, and commandments of the scriptures. Now, only an enemy of the Almighty would tell you otherwise. Only an enemy would say, you don't have to obey God. You don't have to follow God's laws. That's done away with. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell and has been sent here to confuse you, to destroy you, to lead you astray, and to destroy your babies. And you keep falling for it just because people are on TV and they're televangelists and they, they're, it's all smoke and mirrors. Listen, if you go to your place of worship and you have the same disgusting, nasty behavior that you've always had and you make more enemies than you make friends, 
You're a gossiper. You're a backbiter. You're a backstabber. You're a truce breaker. You're a mischief maker. And you still, and you go to church every Sunday. You go to church every Sunday. You go to your mosque or wherever you go, and you are just as hateful and arrogant. You probably, a lot of you are more hateful and arrogant than you have ever been before you came into this so-called awakened movement. Whatever it is, so-called I'm awake, I'm conscious, I, I know my nationality, I'm a Hebrew, I'm a Muslim, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a god, a goddess, a god of the earth, or whatever you call yourself, nationalist, black nationalist, so on and so forth. A lot of you were not as arrogant before you learned this information as you are now. The solution, no matter how you're going to cut it, is going to is to take the Almighty's law, statutes, and commandments and live them. One hundred. What do you got, brother Ek? Yes, sir, brother. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. You know, it's um, it's uh, it's a commitment that you know we have to obviously take seriously because um, you know we're the only you know as far as you know Negroes in America you know we're the only bodied people who's still trying to figure out our common identity and we have this identity crisis because of you know obviously what has happened throughout history but also understanding why we ended up here so we can correct you know um, the wrongs that have happened to us be able to understand the common origin of where we um, originate from so we have the common destination to understand how we can really conduct ourselves on a global scale. And, um, and again, you know, when it comes down to uh, understanding, you know, truth and, you know, who we are as a people and the, uh, you know, the information about our nationality and, you know, where we come from, we always have to make sure that we're staying humble about um, all of these in all of these things because it's information quite all right. But if we don't apply it to the betterment of our character development and behavior and how we treat other people, it doesn't matter if we're you know we call ourselves a Hebrew. It wouldn't matter if you refer to yourself as an Israelite if the behavior and the conduct is not representative of what those titles or labels, quote-unquote, mean, you know. And so just like Brother Shedrick had mentioned, with the title comes great responsibility. So understanding the history of the nationality of being an Israelite and understanding the platform of government of the Hebrew faith, the responsibilities that come with that, that's going to, in and of itself, make us feel humbled enough to appreciate the fact that we can tie ourselves back to something that was very profound and be able to make a difference in today's world that allows us to restore, you know, um, the capabilities that, that we really had, you know, 2,000 plus years ago that our ancestors had already paved the, paved the way for. Now, granted, there was mistakes. There were people that had failed. There were people that had did X, Y, and Z. But for the most part, the, the, the tools 
of how we get back to that, that, that space is still there. And in all of this, that's why, you know, in our daily lives and, and part of, you know, submitting to the Most High and obeying the Most High is humbling ourselves and understanding that the majority of the things that we're dealing with is for our character development and um, personal growth, you know. And it's just like a famous, uh, well, not famous, but it's like a line in the scriptures that talks about this in the book of Ecclesiastes, it's out of the Apocrypha. Um, for gold is tried in the fire, acceptable men in the furnace of adversity. So without the information, disregard the information, disregard that you're Hebrew and Israelite. Who are you at the end of the day? What does your behavior really represent? Then let that, with your behavior there, then along with the information of tying yourself back into who you are discovering, who you are as far as being an Israelite, understanding, you know, your position and responsibility in the Hebrew faith and how you can, you know, be able to spread that message of what the scriptures talks about from that perspective, then you understand that we know that our behavior is there. That because your behavior has been worked, you know, every single day, then you know that that's what's going to lead in the forefront as opposed to, yeah, I'm a Hebrew, I'm an Israelite, but if that's the title that's leading forth, but the behavior doesn't uh, um, uh, uh, sync with that, then now there's, a, now there's a conflict, there's an imbalance there. So part of, you know, walking this path is primarily understanding that even though it's great to know our nationality and where we come from, it can negate the importance of understanding that this total submission of the Most High is being able to obey those law, statutes, and commandments, but understanding how that's very applicable to our growth as an individual and as a people. And so when we don't lose sight of that, no matter who we come in contact with, you know, the behavior will be universal. Just like why the glory of Jesus today, why revered across so many nationalities, so many cultures around the world, that he understood the fundamental components of what it meant to walk this path, right? And so, yes, he was an Israelite of the Hebrew faith. Yes, he was of the tribe of Judah. Yes, he was all of these different things. But what stood out beyond those titles and beyond those labels, it was his behavior. It was that light that he had that when everyone that came in contact with him, regardless of their nationality, regardless of their quote-unquote belief system, they still respected him because that's the thing that he led with, right? And so the behavior... You, you cut out. You cut out for a second. Like, Are you there? Yeah, you were yeah. breaking up, but then you... I, it's a little better, but um, go ahead, keep going. Yeah, so, um, you know, as long as we're leading with our behavior and allowing the information to transform us to have to improve our understanding, improve our insight to how we humble ourselves before the Most High Almighty, then that's really what a lot of the problems that we're dealing with as people in our youth.
Thank you for that, brother. Um, we're almost at the hour, but I wanted to pause for a moment and acknowledge um, a specific individual, but there are a couple of individuals who have requested to join Keys of the Kingdom Facebook group, and I was uh, away under the weather for a moment, and um, one of the brothers is Brother Cartwright, who is in the, the Central America location, and I'm bringing him up because he uh, was in the nation for a moment, and he uh, was no longer with us. He, you know, things happen. But he requested to join the group, and um, he's in the group. Very, very beautiful spirit, good brother. But the reason why I'm bringing him up is because before the nation even really started, I was in contact with this brother, Uh, in contact with him via snail mail, traditional, you know, post office type mail. He sent me a few things. Um, Even before the nation really started. So... He's been down there for years. He was listening in for a couple of years, two or three years, if I remember correctly, before even joining the nation. And then, so once he was ready to join the nation, he was like, brother, I'm ready. He's like, man, this stuff is needed. Um, I remember, like, I remember all the conversations I had with him. And the, he was like, um, teaching the people about tribes, who we are, telling them about us, telling them about your brother, and I just want to acknowledge him. Brother Shedrick, what's on your mind, sir? Forgive me, brother. Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Still on. Thank you, brother. Um, wow. I um, I remember brother uh, Kalina Carwright. It's good to know that he's you know still around and that he's okay and that he's well. And um, and I pray that he stays in good health. I um, I was sitting here and I was thinking about how uh, you were talking about. One, okay, well, first and foremost, I do want to say that it's very interesting that the brother E.K. brought up the uh, the thing about the year of the Bible because I actually um, mentioned that to someone today. So I was sitting in the background just like my mind was all screwed up like when he said it because I was just like, yo, like I, not even just an hour ago, I just got to talking to someone about uh uh, public law ninety seven two eighty. Literally, I kid you not. So it's amazing what kind of spirit that this, you know, presides over tribes. I mean, how we're, like, how 
when you're in tune with this information, how involved we are spiritually. Like, I, I kid you not, I wouldn't have never talked to this brother uh, about that. I mean, I could, but I didn't. Um, and I was speaking to someone about this earlier, and Brother E.K. brought it up. So I just wanted to put that on the record. Um, second thing, uh, it's very, I think that the situation where we're in the midst of an awakening, where this information has been uh, disseminated across the world, um, and then we're witnessing um, different splinter groups uh, arising in this awakening. Awakening, and it's so interesting because when we talk about history, you know, dictating character, you and I stated earlier, you pretty much pay attention to what's going on in that book. You can pretty much see all these things transpiring now because we are the offspring of those people that are in, you know, that society. We just have to get in tune with what they were about understand what, what they were about, and once you understand who, um, what they were doing, you can, you can start to see the manifestation of uh, their actions that were created based on their actions alone. You start in the group, you know, who have been deemed by the media as at some point, at some point in time, it's kind of hard to yourself from the title uh, that was given to these people, uh, but we stand fervent in what it is that we've been doing, and, and that is what's going to speak in terms of understanding character. Like I said, every seed uh, brings forth its fruit, so we'll know the fruit by, you'll know this, you know, uh, tree by the fruit that it bears, and one of the things that I've been fortunate enough to, you know, be able to witness in my lifetime is to be amongst a group of people who are willing to put aside egos or willing to put aside all of what they call their earthly uh, lust and uh, putting aside all of the things that they consider to be a necessity and get um, uh, involved in things that are necess uh, um, necessitated for the survival of our people. There are things that we that we need personally, but there are things that we need as a group. And when we can put aside the things that we've been wanting uh, to please ourselves with, um, we can get to the we can get to the bulk of the problems that we've been having, uh, as far as economically, financially, governmentally, politically. And um, like I said, I've been for, I've been fortunate to be introduced to this type of information. Granted, our, there are some brothers out there who have been miseducated about our people, who have been miseducated about what they were about, and a lot of that miseducation is really internal egoism. Uh, and, I, and I said this in regards to how people speak about what they consider to be God. Like I said, Jesus, one time before, Jesus has become the, uh, the reflection of people, uh, the projection of people's internal consciousness. You know, people have made God to be what it is that they want it to be. And it comes down to, outside of that thinking, it comes down to 
Do you understand what exactly was he about? Do you understand what he was charged with? Do you understand why he did what it is that he did? If you don't understand that, if you don't understand why he was so um, so involved in government, you'll never understand why he made the sacrifices that he made. And that's going to throw you into this cyclone of uh, information that you don't really even know what to do with, but try to force it on other people when you're not even grounded in yourself. The point of what it is that tribe is trying to get people to do is try to understand how to take uh, some type of self-responsibility. Then in order for you to understand self-responsibility, you need to know what it is. You need to know why you're being held responsible for it. You need to understand why you have this charge, what a charge is, how do you execute it. Nobody in government, civil government across this nation is going to uh, execute something that they do not necessarily understand. Even if it seems that they're not doing the job the way you want them to do it, they've been charged a certain way and they're going to execute it a certain way. Granted, some of the some of the consequences have not been in our favor, but nonetheless, these people have taken an oath and they've been um, obligated to carry out a charge. When you look at what they're when you look at their mindset in in conjunction with that, you take that, just that in itself, and say, well, this is government. It may not be what I want it to be, but this is how you govern. You take that notion and you say, well, how do I make that work for me? What is it that they're doing that I, that I can take um, and make it work for me? How can I make this work for our people? And... It is that kind of thinking that is going to help us build as a people. It is that kind of thinking that is going to get us out of the notion of hating people because of the color of their skin and damning people when you don't have a jail or a hell or a heaven to put people in. It is that type of thinking that's going to take you out of this notion that you have to try to save everybody. It is also that type of notion that's going to keep you grounded while you're in information that you don't know what to do with it because the right person is going to come along and tell you and show you what exactly you need to do with it. And on that note, brother, I yield. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Beautifully put. So we're approaching the hour, and one of the things that we've been um, hopefully coming across with the last couple of weeks, black-on-black crime is not new. It originated with us. It is a problem with us. It has been enhanced by our disobedience to the Almighty's law, statutes, and commandments. It has been enhanced by our interaction with these Romans and these Roman ancient enemies of ours who really they they don't get the bulk of the blame but they, but their behavior is is rubbed off on us a lot of their behavior has rubbed off on us you know um the scriptures despite what you may think do not teach racism you may have people that interpret it that way but it's not racism. Now, racist 
discrimination just against races is natural. Why do I say that? Listen, discrimination in the form of keeping yourself unyoked with the wrong types of people is a righteous discrimination, if that makes sense. Hopefully it makes sense. Discrimination because somebody's different than you and you just don't like them because they're different than you. And I grew up hearing it all the time. I don't like her. I don't like him. Why? I don't know. Just I don't, they don't look right. I don't just that not, no reason not to like one another. There was been there has been this in fighting within our people that started with us, and this there has been this self hate that was enhanced by Romans. But the point of it is, at some point, you got to be responsible for yourself. If what you are learning and what you have learned in your said walk of life, religion or otherwise, does not teach you government, law, and commerce, how to operate, formulate, erect, sustain, and live according to the law, statutes, and commandments that are in the scriptures, you are off course spiritually. You are off course spiritually. Most of the people on the planet that hear about these things are drawn to it for some not-so-cool reasons. You're drawn to these religions because of the idolatrous aspects of them, and you don't even realize that what they're teaching you is idolatry. Oh, I'm woke now. Oh, but it's still idolatry. Oh, I'm woke. I know about Kimmich. You know about Kimmy, but you still have the same nasty, wicked behavior, black-on-black black crime, hatred for your own people. And you call it woke, conscious. Oh, I'm a Muslim. I'm in the Nation of Islam. I'm in a Sunni. I'm whatever. Whatever it is that you are doing in your life, unless it actually produces a mind correction, a behavioral correction, there's a problem. I'm not saying that all the aforementioned do or don't, but, but uh, whether it's imbalanced or not, I am saying that they don't. Some of them do little things, some greater than others. Not trying to sound like though we're better or above anybody else, but just look at it. Just be honest with yourself. If you're not understand, listen to me. If what you are doing on a daily basis, I don't care what it is, if it is not teaching you how to operate in government, law, and in commerce, 
you are off course and you're going to remain a slave and you're going to remain asleep. I don't care how much history, how many artifacts, how many whatever this or that you come across, until you get with government law and commerce, you don't even have the first, the first knowledge of what's actually going on on the planet. It all starts from that position. And believe it or not, that is the spiritual healing that you need because you need laws enforced in order to correct the wickedness that you've carried from the worldliness you were in. Now, some of you might not be murderers and all of that. You know, you might not have been gangbangers. But guess what? A lot of them turn their lives around and becoming more outstanding. Look at Judge Mathis become more outstanding citizens when they participate in something civilized. We have approached the hour. Uh, I think maybe we went over. No, we are right at the hour. So I thank you all for being here and supporting us. Please share this recording with those that you think it may benefit from it. Come on and encourage people to come and listen in to this this Bible study. Love goes out to our people. All praises to the Most High Almighty. We'll return again next week. Shalom, shalom. Shalom. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.